Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Hello and welcome to the Chase Down Podcast. My name is Carter Rodriguez. I'll be your host today. Uh, your boy Justin Rowan uh, taking a couple weeks off. Uh, it's time for nuptials for uh, Mr. Rowan, so... Much congratulations to the soon-to-be-married man. Uh, but in his place today, I have a friend of the show, recurring guest. We don't have that many recurring guests. Uh, Dave DeFore. How you doing, Dave? Nice. I, I'm great. I feel honored to uh, to be the, the only... I'm just going to pretend like I'm the only recurring guest. Um, basically, I'm like the honorary co-host. I'm, I'm basically like Jay Leno was for Johnny Carson. <laughs> For people who are my age, yep, um, that's a, yeah, that's yeah, not that's a nice. dated reference at all. <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. I mean, they don't really do fill in hosts no, anymore. I think do they? that I think that's just done. I just think they have to do it until they die. Yeah, guys. Well, guys don't take time off. They have their hiatus whenever they're playing reruns, or I don't know who watches late night. I I just television. watch the clips at this point. Um, yeah, it's essentially they they now make every little segment YouTubeable. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's what it all is anyway. So, I mean, I don't know. I just watch Netflix. It's probably a business disaster for them, but it makes those shows imminently more consumable for me. Uh, A team that's going to be imminently more consumable for its viewers uh, with their decision today will be the Cleveland Cavaliers. They just locked uh, Kevin Love up on a four-year extension worth $120 million. Uh, Kevin has secured the bag. Um, It's a weird decision, right? Um, and one that I think is inherently going to be a little controversial. What what, what was your takeaway, Dave? Um, you know, I, I definitely think people are going to look at this one of two ways. Wow, I can't believe Cleveland isn't going to tank. And wow, I can't believe they want to pay him $28 million when he's 34 years old. And both of those, I think, are the wrong way to look at it. Um, they essentially just made Kevin Love a more valuable trade asset. Nobody was going to trade for Kevin Love on a on a rental. You know, he was going to opt out next summer. Um, now he can actually be traded. And by the time you're paying him twenty eight million dollars, because this this uh, this contract is uh, it's an extension, and it's twenty eight million, then like thirty one, thirty one, twenty eight. I, I think that's how the it's math like works middle out. Middle loaded. It's weird. Exactly. But by the time you're you're at that, you know, twenty eight million on the last year of that deal. Which he he will be, you know, he's going to stay for the rest of this contract with someone. Um, you're looking at a salary cap that's going to be like I don't know, one twenty five, maybe one thirty. It's really not that much money, and, and I, I don't think his his game, you know, his game's not really predicated on athleticism. It's not like he's going to stop being able to shoot threes or stop being six ten, um, you know. And, and we're going to see Kevin Love. I, I believe, be the fulcrum of this offense. So we'll actually be able to see a very potent version of him. Um, I, I don't think he's on the team beyond next summer. And, and, you know, the timing of this this extension, it sets him up so they can actually move him at the trade deadline. So, um, you know, I look at this as a positive. Hey, I'm always a fan of these guys getting money. Um, they have very short careers, and, and, you know, they're being paid by billionaires. So 
good for him. You know, he could get hurt tomorrow and now he's, he's secure forever. Um, so great for him, but I think it's good for the Cavs too, because, you know, you, you make sure you make him feel comfortable and, and then, you know, you work out a deal to move him, which is my assumption. I think that that's, what's going to happen. Well, how are you feeling? Um, I, I'm not a hundred percent on, I think this does help them move him at a later date, as opposed to this, this insulates the, at the very least, this insulates them losing him for nothing. Um, uh, which was looking quite possible if they weren't able to work out a deal because, uh, as you said, didn't feel like good trade offers were just bursting down the door for a guy with an opt-out on his deal um, whose game has perhaps uh, doesn't fit as well in the modern NBA as you might hope. Um, but with that said, I, I for those reasons, I still kind of think they're not going to get the deal they want out of this. I mean, uh, and I don't think Kevin Love is so good that he can stop a tank. If the Cavs aren't good, he's not going to be the reason they uh, don't keep their top 10 overall pick. I'm pretty confident in that. Um, you know, the stat I gave to Justin was Marcus All played 73 games last year. And that, that didn't yeah. help the Grizzlies that much. <laughs> You know, when no, when you're talent yeah. efficient, which I think the Cavs are, um, you're not going to be very. Now good. hold on, they don't forget they've got the young king, the young bull, Jetty, oh, Jetty, Jetty oh, Osmond, king. Sorry, yeah. got the young yeah. bull. Yeah. The young I, I started calling him the young king. I I, don't, I thought you were. I'm up sorry, on that. My, my, bad. my mistake. Maybe that was just me. Um, yeah, uh, but yes, they also had the young yeah, bull. So I I don't know. Um, um I think that I, I mean I like the the move whether they trade him or whether they keep him because. In a lot of ways, you know, I mentioned the Marcus All thing because in a lot of ways they have a little bit of a Memphis esque arc right now where they have kind of an aging roster, um, but a couple of young pieces worthwhile and a chance to go get another really good one. Uh, and Kevin Love fits with the roster they have right now. I think that matters a lot. Um, it's not a situation where you have this all star and it doesn't really work um, on the court at all and he doesn't help your young guys. I mean, there are there are worse uh front court pairings to 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 work with your budding young point guard who isn't much of a shooter and could probably use a little extra space than Kevin Love. Uh, I agree. I you know, here's what I'll, I'll I'll argue I'll argue the case of the um the pro blow it up analytics type folks. Um they could have had a nice reset this summer uh, or next summer, I should say this summer. I'm already into next season. So next summer they could have had a really nice reset. They don't really have a whole lot of money on the books beyond this year. Um, I want to say they only have one contract in the 1920 season. Is that right? Yeah. It's like almost uh, nothing. Sexton. Um, yeah. So Jetty has a short contract. (laughs) Sorry. I'm losing my voice. Yeah, I know you're a little, you're a little choked up about, about the Kevin Love sticking around. No, Sorry, <laughs> Cav for life. Um, but yeah, I, like I understand. I am I'm of two minds with the blow it up. I don't know if Cleveland is the type of place that can withstand another really terrible team, you know. And I think that the the few years they had, where it was you know they got all those number one picks, um, that was not a great time. And no, Cleveland. it wasn't. And, and you got to think about this from an ownership perspective. Um, Losing LeBron James probably halved the franchise's value if he were going to sell. I mean, maybe maybe not half, but but pretty close. Um, you now have a a team that will be lucky to get the eighth seed. I, I think that it's unlikely, but it's not impossible because they could win you know forty games and possibly get in. Uh, if they go on a hot streak, you know. So, you know, I, I but I understand the argument for blowing up, trying to get picks, trying to turn it around, trying to get a foundational superstar, which they don't have at the moment. Um, I, I completely understand that. But at the same time, I think there's, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with just trying to put together a competitive team and being competitive. Like, I, I just I don't know. I, I, I've I've changed on this quite a bit in the last few years because, you know, you I look think at, we all grew at up the, a little bit. Land. Yeah, it's well, some of us have, but then yeah. there's a lot of us that are still team blow it up. Anytime, you know, you lose a star, it's like, oh, we well, got to blow it up. I mean, there are people calling for that in San Antonio where I am right now. And that's just not a team that's going to blow it yeah, up. Yeah, I, 
And guess what? They're going to win 50 games this yeah, year. Yeah, I don't. You know, what and I think is there's a value. What I think there. is interesting is like you the the biggest mistake these people make is assuming all all franchises operate the same way at the same level of competence. And right. you know, <laughs> we've saw the Cavs make mistake after mistake after mistake uh trying to b- blow it up, trying to tank, uh you know, playing just some truly dog shit basketball. Um and what I keep coming back to is like this for this front office, this organization can't really be trusted uh, with Dan Gilbert at the helm. So I'd rather just stay decent and hope for some strokes of luck, you know? Um, right. Well, and let's not forget that they've changed the lottery. Odds. That matters. You know, People they don't flattened it. They that, flattened it, it. It does matter. And, and, you know, like let's say you, you know, you wind up with the, I don't know, the 10th pick. Okay. Um, that's that's been pretty good here lately. You know, we've got a lot of good players in that eight to twelve range, and so you know, it's just I don't know. I, I think that the idea that there's no value to having Kevin Love, who is a good basketball player, like this is an above average player. Um, you know, I, I, he's an all star in the East, which I know doesn't say much, but you know, this is a guy who who actually can play basketball and he can play it well, and he fits in with a lot of different players. He can stretch the floor. He is active on defense. He's not he's not the terrible defender he was four years ago. You know, he actually by just by virtue of competing hard, does more with less than than a lot of guys who are, you know, like Andrew Wiggins is this crazy athlete, but just doesn't yeah. defend. Um Kevin Love, that's not an issue. You know, you never have to ask him to go out and play hard. It's part of why he's had some injury issues, you know. He, like, the guy plays really hard. He also hard. won't have to play as much center. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he definitely won't. But but like you said, you know, you've got these young guys. You're going to, you know, Jetty's going to get going to get a chance. You know, they're going to want to put the ball in his hands, probably put him in the pick and roll some. Well, guess what? Now he's got an experienced pick and pop guy. You know, um, Kevin Love is going to be able to operate from the elbows and really like show off some of the stuff that we know that he can do, but he couldn't do when LeBron was there because they kind of operate in the same space. So, you know, I, like I, I don't. I don't know. You're not going to spend that money on anything else right now anyway. You might as well re-sign him, you know, make everybody happy. And then again, you also have boosted his trade value. So, yeah, I just think this, I don't know. We, we've come to the point now where any guy that signs a contract, um, you know, that, that signs him till age 33 or 34, it's immediately called a bad contract. You pay, it's the upfront years, really like in this four-year deal, the first two years, he is definitely worth it. And then the, the next two, he might not be. But that's how the, the league has, has worked for a while yeah. now. You know, um, the Conley contract. You know, Memphis isn't going out and signing Chris Paul in the offseason, right? So you you overpay to keep your guy. And, yeah, those last two years of the Conley deal are going to be bad, potentially the last three if he's not healthy this year. Same with Cleveland. You know, Cleveland's not going out and signing a major free agent now that LeBron's <laughs> Yeah, it's like... <laughs> It's just they not really only can so, get the one, <laughs> and right, you I think that one's you can't over. Treat, right, you can't treat your Clevelands and your Memphises and even Toronto. You cannot treat them the same when they're signing their guys to these deals. I, I, you know, like look at the DeRozan contract. You know, a lot of people feel like that was an overpay. Kyle Lowry, although they did, a, I thought they did a nice job of, on Lowry's contract to make it three years. You know, so you got to get a little creative there. But at the same time, like the dollars, it's a lot. Yeah. And in particular, when these guys are declining, but the the markets are just totally That's different for some teams. I think I think right. the way to look at the love deal is all about opportunity cost. I think that's a really good way to evaluate a lot of deals, um, as opposed to just evaluating them on their head. Is to is to just always think, okay, what would they be doing if they didn't do this? Um, I think that's a really good way to contextualize a lot of signings uh, that otherwise might fool you right like because i think that's really easy to happen i think you know you can look at like if you remember that the sergi baka trade to orlando you can think oh well like that player's pretty good and they gave up not that much and sure you know like they gave up oladipo you know seemed underperforming like you could talk yourself into the players but then you look at what the you know the the tangential results around it what they couldn't do what they had to do um or in the decisions they were forced into. 
uh, and that trade looks horrible for Orlando, right? Same with the when the Bulls traded for Zach Levine or Levine. Like you think, oh well, he's a good young player, but then you look at what the opportunity costs that come up this summer. It's like, oh well, now they feel like obligated to match. So I think that's a really good way to analyze free agency and for the Cavs. There isn't as much opportunity cost as there was in other situations when the when transactions go down. Um, they lose the right to they they lose cap space, right? Um, they lose potentially development spots at the power forward position, but they don't have any developmental players there, so that's not really a huge issue. Uh, other than hashtag Billy Preston season. Um <laughs> uh they lo- I want to yeah. talk about him. Uh they they lose yeah. uh you know they 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 lose the the opportunity to take on a bad deal perhaps with the cap space they create. But ultimately when you look at the upsides, I just think they far outweigh the downsides with this and while the numbers scary and while the the years are scary, um when you look at the alternatives, I just think that this was the right call. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I'm with you, man. And it's it's you know it's nice to actually be able to put some perspective to this because I think that's what's been missing from the Twitter conversation on it. You know, a few people have pointed out that you know this is going to make him easier to trade and whatnot. And then you know, there's a lot of people that are like, "Well, Kevin Love has no trade value. He didn't before. Yeah, this is not. <laughs> yeah, but he does now. Yeah. And, and you know, you may take back uh, you know a, a bunch of dimes for him." But that's okay. You know, this is a team that that could can afford to like say, you know what? Hey, we like this second year guy that you don't maybe see much in. Maybe we can do something with him. And you know, I just think that the the team, it's just tough because we look at Cleveland and and they've just been so competitive the last four years that you know you kind of look at them through the same lens. But that this is a different team. Again, I think the Memphis comp is, is a little bit closer than than. Uh, than I meant for it to be actually now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, you know, like it's pretty similar situation. Um, only they've got a couple of guys that I really like a couple of young guys that I really like. Although Jaron Jackson is going to be amazing. I mean, yeah, I, I know you've been watching him. Uh, I have, yeah, I've been watching him a lot cause I'm writing a scouting report about him right now, but yeah, he's just, maybe, maybe this is insane. dumb, but as, as I've like developed as a sports fan, Certain things have, uh, my priorities have changed in a lot of ways. And I've gotten more sentimental. And I've gotten less interested in, like, the abstract. Um, I think I think 21-year-old Carter is saying, trade Kevin Love, burn it down. Let's get some high draft picks. 27-year-old Carter, he's like, dude, I don't want to watch a dog shit team every day. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I mean I'm going in your old age, you've you've definitely become a softie. I, yeah, I think I'm getting softer as I'm getting older. Like and like I'm not saying I'm a, an old man here. I just think like there's a difference in perspective of like this is supposed to be a fun hobby and watching Jeremy Pargo put up 26 shots is not my idea of fun. And there's also the sentimental value of now that Channing Fry's been re-signed, the Cavaliers have four players from their championship team left on the roster Kevin Love, J.R. Smith Tristan Thompson and Channing Fry. Um, and this is something uh, my friend Ryan Morton also friend of the pod um, says a lot is like like what are you building like what what is a, what is it to be a Cavalier and like if you're just completely jettisoning everything that just happened in the most important for the most important team this franchise will ever have um, I don't know there's just something there's something a little dirty to that. Yeah, you don't want to be cavalier about. Oh, it. fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just think that there's value in watching a decent team. There's value in the kids having a situation where they can grow. Because we watched guys like Kyrie and Dion learn the worst possible habits when they were dicking around for four years, uh, to the point where LeBron nearly like. Like played like a week in protest when he came back because he was so upset about how shitty these guys were, uh, right? And the way they carried themselves professionally, having guys like Kyle Korver yeah. on, 
Now, I think the next step is, I don't think this team should be done making moves because uh, with Kyle Korver's partially guaranteed contract next year, George Hill's partially guaranteed contract next year, and JR's partially guaranteed contract next year, those are three pieces that should hypothetically have quite a bit of positive value uh, on a trade market with teams trying to load up for a pretty load for a big free agency um, that have, you know, one, two years left of some really bad uh, contracts on their books. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, and I actually, I'm, I'm kind of down with leaning in a little bit on, on having Colin Sexton as your starting point guard. Um, you're going to be bad this year. Like you're, you know, you could make the eighth seed, right? But that's not great. Uh, not in the East. Um, you're going to be bad, and and point guards are typically bad as rookies, like yes. really bad. In particular, guys like Sexton that are going to have the ball in their even the line. ones who end so up good. As well. By the way, guys, absolutely all of them, every single one of them. Uh, like Donovan Mitchell, if, if we're, I mean, he's a combo guard, but he played essentially as the lead ball handler last year. He was kind of shockingly good and he still wasn't i mean he was he was good but he wasn't great like it, it he's gonna be yeah. better because of it so getting to take those lumps in a season where you're not expected to to do much i think is good right like the pressure will be off oh well cleveland's not that good anyway um rather than going george hill and bringing colin sexton off the bench i think it would be better to play sexton can with i curveball you real you quick know, with kevin Love. dave you you absolutely i think can. they're yeah. gonna start hill and, and sexton together Interesting. That is my bold prediction. I I, I don't think that that's I mean, terrible. That's a that's a pretty good point of attack. Defense. Yeah, I mean both guys can defend. Both have huge wingspans. Um, well, Sexton can defend in theory, uh, not in practice yet. But Hill has like a seven foot wingspan or some something uh, ridiculous. He, and people always forget that. So he can it's play shooting to guard watch defense do stuff. Uh, in a pinch. Sure. Um, now you're. Well, he played there a lot uh, with the with the Pacers, and he played there a lot with the yeah. Spurs. Yeah, um, and while I do think there is a degree of like, and I've I've said this before with Justin, I think we slightly over overrate wingspan uh, relative to height. I still think being taller matters. I think having your shoulders up in a guy's grill, uh, as opposed, you know, like the I think the wingspan helps obviously, but I don't think I'd rather have a taller guy with the same wingspan. Uh, as opposed to, a, or, you know, with the same standing reach uh, than a shorter guy with the st- same standing reach. Like, I still think that matters. But in a pinch, yeah, you can play that guy as shooting guard. He can shoot. Uh, he can have some secondary creation to help, uh, take you know, take ease uh, Sexton's burden. Um, He's at his best, by the way, as a secondary yeah, creator. Yeah, uh, or probably even tertiary at this point, um, which maybe will happen with, you know, you have a, You'll be able to run some pick and roll with all three of him, Sexton, and Osman, who, while Osman still can't dribble, I think they're going to try. They're going to try to develop that part of his game, and rightfully so, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what they do there. But I, I, I don't think they're going to start JR, and I guess the Rodney Hood situation complicates things, but I guess we'll assume he's not on the team until he is. I'll tell you, man, um, that has been, I don't know. I, I was high on Rodney Hood coming out of Duke, and I thought Rodney Hood was going to be amazing last year with more opportunity, and then Donovan Mitchell happened. Yeah. And then Rodney Hood was hurt, and then, as usual. And then he quit on the team. <laughs> and then he quit. I, I can't believe that they haven't rescinded the qualifying offer. It's um, a really, to dude, be it's honest. a weird, I've talked about this a lot with uh, with Chris and Justin and Ashley, uh, the Fear the Sword crew. It's a really weird spot because on one hand, you traded assets for the guy. And he does have promise. He is 25 years old. Um, He can shoot. He can score a little bit off the dribble. He can create a little bit of the pick and roll. He's a theoretically good defender. He's got really got short, short arms. arms. But he's he's got some size, at least. He's at least tall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Which helps. Right. Um, but then you have this really ugly cloud looming over him. But then that same cloud is enabling you to potentially sign this guy for nothing. Like, I mean, what's the worst deal that they could get him on? Like two for 
what, 15, two for 16? Like, hell, they could probably get him. I mean, what's the qualifying offer for I him? Think was like 3.6. Yeah, like, um, they may wind up getting him for that well, because there's just no market but, for him, which I'm shocked. But I by. think the the value I'm not shocked by because teams just teams overreact to stuff in the playoffs, just like anyone else, right? And he was sure, but, total but dog at the shit. same time, it's a wing, it's a wing league, and he's shown that he can score. And, and and I think that you know I'm surprised someone hasn't thrown out a you know two year sixteen million. But, I'm, surp- I'm surprised but by it. With such a bad showing, if he were an unrestricted free agent, I think he'd have a deal by now. But I think early in free agency, especially early on, everyone's like, we're not tying up our cap space for three days for that guy. <laughs> right. And now no one yeah, has Yeah, so now the Cavs, so, Cavs are in such a position of Sacramento. power here. But I do think that there's an interesting line to be drawn of do you – do you try to lock him up for a couple of years? Try to see what, where this can go. Um, because the if he takes a qualifying offer, you're not operating in a position of strength. Not at all. Like you want to offer uh, him as come little in. as possible for as many years as possible. That, right, that right. is still somehow preferable to the qualifying offer. That's not fucking your cap sheet up. It's really weird. I would do it. I would do a cheaper version of what the Jazz did with Exum. Um, I would I would maybe try three years, seven million per. Yeah, three for twenty one, and three for twenty one, fully guaranteed, no options, and and just see what happens. Because God, man, there's a there's a player in there. But right? can like, that I mean, player happen in Cleveland? Like I don't, I don't know. Like I'm, I, I'm having that's a hard the question. time feeling like my personal bridge isn't burned. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's all about, like, how does the organization feel? I mean, they obviously played him after this. I mean, he played meaningful minutes. So, you know, I, I don't I don't know. Maybe they worked it out, and, and maybe it's not as big of a deal as we think it is. But it was a big deal to me oh, when it happened. Yeah, dude. I, could, I couldn't it believe like the, it. The, the worst possible look. And, um, yeah, I guess, like, it all comes down to, first you have to decide if you want him around. But if as soon as you decide you want him around, you have an interesting dance to play. And I'm interested to see how it plays out. My guess, if I had to venture one, I think he's going to take the qualifying offer. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and the Cavs will um, have another wing to figure it out with. Is is Corver getting moved, you think? It's a weird spot. Uh, the Bayless stuff never held any water with me um, b- because it yeah. didn't make sense. Because uh, the Cavs are going to... The best case scenario for the Cavs with any of these young guys, or with any of these, uh, sorry, not young guys, uh, with any of these guys who are have non-guaranteed uh, de- deals, the Corvers, the JRs, the Hills, is that, especially in Corvers' case, you send him to a team that needs them, uh, you know, let's say like the Bucks or someone wanted Kyle Corver, but that also had a bad contract that they wanted to send back. Because Corver on his own, He's worth maybe a second. You know, like he's 37. Like, come on. Um, and JR, you know, you could argue as a player is negative value right now. Um, right. You would probably also argue the same. Or you wouldn't argue the same with George Hill, who is still a useful player. But especially someone like Corver or Hill, you can give a team a, ro- a rotation player and get them off terrible money. And that gets you up to. Okay, now we're talking maybe a first. And I think the Cavs should be in the business of picking up first-round picks right now for their assets that are non-essential moving forward. Um, so the the Bayless thing never made sense because Bayless was on an expiring deal. So it would just be trading a player for a player and expiring for an expiring, basically, and getting you know maybe a decent second out of it. I just don't think it's worth it for the Cavs to do that. When you look at right. the, I mean, the it, value Corver has in the locker room, I uh, exactly that was that was where I was coming from. And you're honestly you're getting a worse player. Yeah, yeah like Bay, <laughs> I, well, like, I think Bayless would have been second rounder is not worth like that you much. already have six yeah, of those exactly. on the team already. Like it would have been just yeah. for the pick. That would have been the real haul, and it's just not enough. It's a it's a weird, um, and like I think Sixers fans, if they heard that, would be like. Well, screw you. You don't you don't get a first for Corver, and I'm like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Which is why yeah, this exactly. deal isn't going to happen. 
and that's right. okay. The the cat the Cavs have they've made their bed and now they have to lay in it. And this is kind of what they knew was going to happen all along. You know, if if LeBron left, so and honestly, um, I'm fine having a guy like Kyle Korver around to teach Jetty yeah. Osman how to be a pro. Like, you want a title? Yeah, want a title? Right. Like th- that's the thing is you want a title two years ago. I just think sometimes there's um, an assumption among like NBA fans that any t- any two teams can make a trade. You can find a way to make it work. And that's just not true. I, every contract is movable, but I, I don't I don't think every guy is well, is like highly That's desired. not even like, what I'm saying. Again, what it, I'm saying is you can have a team like the Sixers. They can say, "Okay, we want Kyle Korver." But oh, the right. assets and then, don't but finding line an amenable trade, yeah, to make it work. Um because the incentives don't jive just the right way. Now, right. if the Sixers had a terrible deal to get off of, like just a trash deal that they hated, then you could say, okay, yeah, we'll do that for Corver, but we'll need, you know, like a protected 2021 first. first or something like that. Sure. But, Nobody's moving to 2021 well, yeah, first. But if you protect it or something. Point is, yeah, yeah. You could do that, but it doesn't work there. So I think that the Cavs should be very diligent. With these these three trade pieces they have, because I think these non guarantees on the back end of their deals are going to be valuable, especially George Hill. I mean, you could bail Memphis out of Chandler Parsons for that, and yeah. you can ask for some stuff. You can you. Hey, they were trying to attach the their first rounder this year that turned into Jaron Jackson. Yeah, to move Chandler Parsons, which would have been and I dumb. think they would have asked for a lot, and that's why it didn't happen. But the point is, yeah, like they teams are gonna be desperate to get off money uh, that have you know what could you get from the Hornets if you wanted to help them get off Batum <laughs> and MKG? Oh yeah, you could probably. There get are first. bad deals around, and for players that the Cavs wouldn't be miserable to add necessarily, um, and those are the deals that Kobe Altman needs to be looking for now that Kevin Love is locked up. Yeah. So uh, are, are you optimistic about this year? Am, am I too optimistic in saying that I feel like they could possibly win 40 games? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think they're going to I think they're going to have the 23rd best record in the league. I just think the East sucks so bad. Yeah, but like so I think bad. what people are underestimating when they're looking at a few players that they like on this Cavs team. And I know that you're not saying that you think they're great. Just you're just mainly comparing them against right. how bad the East is, but exactly my point has always been one: if they're if they're winning forty games, that means your wildest dreams came true about Colin Sexton and Jetty Osman. <laughs> well, also Kevin Love. See, this is the thing. Basically, what I'm saying is, but I'm Kevin Love at when what Kevin Minnesota Love was doing do. great. How many games did this did the Wolves win? 30, 40 one right? year. That's, that's really what it is. Yeah. It's like peak, peak Kevin love got him to 40 wins. And that's what I'm thinking. It's like, all right, we're going to get peak Kevin love and not fat Kevin love. This is in shape. What about, you know, play, what about doing, playing 58 doing games Bo. Kevin love? You think that's what we're getting? You guys missed like 20 games a year for the last three years. That's true. That's true. Well, and he's probably going to get moved at the deadline anyway. So it's a moot point. Yeah, I but, don't know, man. At, you know, and then I think you, you can't. I I just refuse to understate the impact of having your entire team built around one player, and then and everything you do is built around that one player, and then all of a sudden you're just supposed to completely change your identity in three months. Well, while only adding Channing and Colin Fry Sexton. and Colin Sexton, <laughs> also Billy Preston, who is a really impressive athlete. I don't even think he's that impressive um, of an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is. Uh, I, yeah, I'm trying pandering. to. I'm trying to be on uh, the positive. But yeah, here, I don't but. know, man. I just think like when you look at the that much change, and you like you have to factor in those gut punches. Those matter, and it's hard to change your entire mentality when you're playing with the same group of guys, but with this main key, key cog that just isn't there anymore. Yeah, it's not going to be good. How is Ty Lue going to do? I have no clue. Do you see him? Uh, I mean, this Ryan Morton's already shaking his head. Just kidding. He would never listen to a pod with just me on it. Um, Oh, but I'm on it. Fair. 
He still won't listen. <laughs> yeah, and we we met IRL. Oh, that's, that's nice. So Mort's great. I yeah, love Mort. And I, um, yeah, he's really uh, funny. Mort uh, is already shaking his head because he hates when we talk about coaches because we don't know what we're talking about, especially when we're diving into their head of like their mentality. Oh, right. I was gonna say I, I would challenge that. I, I tend I tend to feel like I got a pretty good read on some of these guys. Head coaches now, assistant coaches. I can't tell yeah, you. Yeah, it's just good. like always. Like the, I don't think I don't think anyone can. You know, when you don't know the interpersonal relationships, and you don't know what's going on. It's a, there is a fair amount of guesswork going on when you're not talking about straight. Absolutely. Steam. And um, I I will say this. I will say that this year will be an it'll be an easier job because the expectations are lower. So I'm hoping that Ty Lue is healthy. Yeah, I hope he's healthy because, I mean, clearly had a nightmare year last year um, for a thousand reasons. Yeah. I think he'll be fine. Um, I I think there's a world in which he falls asleep at the wheel because it's like I would personally. I But like all of my takes on this are so based on my own projection. And it's like. I would have right. a hard time going from competing for championships to like, come on, guys, we can beat the Nets on the road. Oh, yeah. You're going to be eating popcorn. Yeah, come on, on fellers. Like, I yeah. just would struggle. <laughs> um, yeah, it would be, it's would like be rough. the It's like the old like movie trope of like the big city kid goes back to his country bumpkin hometown. That's what the Cavs are. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I, I, the one silver lining is we're going to get a ton of uh, Ante Zizic. I like Zizic. Have, so, did you watch the Cavs' uh, summer league action at all? Yeah, I watched some, yeah. What would you think? Um, I, I had to go watch my boy Colin. I, I like Zizic. I, I, I do like he him. He didn't look um, like an NBA player you know, I, last summer league for Boston. And he right. looked pretty um, freaking good. Yeah, he's looking in good shape. He looked like a guy who has now been in the league, you know, for a season, right? Like, so those guys typically show up to summer league and look better than everyone else. And and that's, that's to me, that's part of the progression for a guy who's, you know, not going to be a, especially when they didn't get to play all year. Like, right. You want to see those guys at summer league, like clearly be better than everyone else than their peers. Like Yabuselli is a good example of this. Now he did play more than Zizic, but at the same time, he wasn't like, you know, Jalen no. Brown. He wasn't playing like Jalen Brown minutes. So um Yabuselli goes out there and looks head and shoulders above, you know, the rest of the guys. You know, uh Shimmy Ojale, who did play a lot, it looks like he didn't oh man, why is he playing in summer league? You know, Josh Hart, kind of the same way. Now Zizic is of course like much fewer and he minutes only played than those two guys. Because Croatia made the World Cup final and the Cavs let him go home. Right. Yeah. So I mean he he definitely looked good in those in those couple games. So I, I think that, you know, it'll be good to actually see him getting some rotation minutes. I'm assuming we're going to see him. I don't know. Is, is he going to be with a, the second big off the there, bench? Is he going to be this coming roster behind is Nance? weird, Dave. And I've talked about it a little bit on other podcasts, but they've got like five centers they got to play between Thompson, Nance. I think Fry will mostly be just a bench guy, but like he actually helps you play Thompson and Nance at the four. Right. So you kind of have to give yeah. him some minutes because you don't have a backup power forward um, right now. Uh, so you kind of need to play Fry a little bit. Um, so it's going to be hard to find Zizic minutes. This this team needs a couple consolidating moves um, just to clear guys who need to play off the roster uh, to get room for their other guys who need to play. It's like Jordan Clarkson, fuck out of here. <laughs> And I think, <laughs> I mean, the Lakers are going to be, you know, they need, they, guys, hey, they so. love guys like Clarkson on that roster, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I wonder if there's a Tristan Thompson trade out there. I haven't really thought about it a whole lot, but uh, it feels like he might need, you to know, go. and, and, and I don't I love think, saying so. that, but it feels like that might be the case. Yeah. I think that there's a deal out there for him. I mean, he's got, this year and next year left? Uh yeah, that is true. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, 13 million. It's not that bad of a contract. People like to lose their minds. It's not, it's not that bad. But he also wasn't very good last no. year. So, it's hard to know. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the things that he does well, if you if you just focus on those, right? Like offensive rebounding, 
and setting screens. Now I know that those, you know, setting screens is valuable and offensive rebounding is not really, um, I think you have to, you have to rebound it like as a team at like 45% for it to be worthwhile. Um, 45% offensive rebounding rate, uh, which would be insane. But, uh, yeah, he's not like a bad player. And at 13 million, you know, eh, in this environment, I think you might be able to do I don't think uh, it's too bad. I don't think you're going to get positive value out of him, but you might be able to get neutral. And if that opens up more room for the guys who need to play, you might need to do that. Yeah. I mean, like I would maybe talk to Atlanta. Yeah. You know, see what they had going on. <laughs> they um, are just the, but the America's like... dumping ground at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I wonder if there's a deal. It's certainly possible. I wonder if there's um, a deal. Before before we wrap, yeah. uh, I think we should probably hit on some uh, some some league news at large. Kawhi passed his physical. Uh, he's yeah. He's what on a the surprise. team despite yeah uh, the the loud protestations uh, in the from his camp clearly or or you know from some camp uh, in the aftermath of the trade. <laughs> I think he's got a better chance of staying than people. Oh, I definitely think so. I I definitely think so. I just think that team makes so much sense. And I know Cavs fans aren't going to love hearing that after we shit on the Raptors year after year after year. But they just make sense, man. Like across the board, top to bottom. Um, You know exactly how they're going to play. You know it's going to work. And I might be the world's biggest Danny Green fan. No, you're you're the second. <laughs> you know this, right? Do you love him. Did, did you make that joke? Oh my God! Hold on, no, you didn't, didn't know that. Yeah, Danny Green is like my favorite player. He might be my favorite role player in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, I and I really mean that. And, and you know, knowing that he was fighting injuries, the, you know, last season, and that really affected his shooting. I mean. I knew this before they came out, you know, like I knew about the groin thing. He's had like the uh, cool ankle thing or a knee thing. No, 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 no. I, I mean, like this was not news to yeah, me, just, right? Like we know he suffered a groin injury. Yeah. Yeah. Well, groin injuries also take a yeah, long time do. to heal. I, I have this whole thing about injuries where people just, just assume because the guy's on the court, he's fine. But like if you sprain your ankle in September, you know, like in, in, you know, uh, mini camp or or in uh, training camp, you're you're screwed for the year. That's just how it you're is. You're just gonna hurt that a ankle is for a while. <laughs> it's not. It's not going to be stable. Um, and and playing on it just makes it worse. So these guys that take like ten days off and then come back, they're just not going to be right. I, Marcus Smart is, has fallen victim to this like three times out of four in his career. Three years out of four, he has wrecked his ankle, and I think it really affects his shooting. Um, you know what else affects Steph his Curry shooting last year. That he's that a he's bad shooter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like Steph Curry last year, he hurt his ankle early, then hurt his knee, yeah. and then Things hurt his ankle again and just was other. never right. Exactly. So, you know, those early injuries, I think people just, I don't know, they forget about it. But anyway, so yeah. But Danny Green, what he brings to the table defensively is Best just transition defender um, in NBA history. Absolutely. You st- took the words out of my mouth the best transition defender in NBA history where transition points are actually the easiest buckets you can possibly score. I, Danny Green makes I it difficult. I would like his possessions in the NBA finals against the, the peak death machine heat where he would just shut down Wade LeBron two on ones. He was Incredible. just amazing. It's just like, and don't forget he hit 27 threes uh, in that final yeah, series. Yeah, we're going to give him finals MVP after game four. Like, he yeah. was so good. Um, I love watching him play. He very rarely goes beyond himself. Sometimes he tries to dribble too much, but whatever. Well, last year he, he showed that he learned how yeah, to dribble. But it still never should never be his, like, thing. <laughs> no, but, not his uh, job. I, I, I think the, the Spurs are really going to miss him. And I year. think that the Raptors are really going to love him. I just think the fact that every Raptors lineup that they've ever put out there uh, in the last, I don't know, four or five years, even as these teams have been very good, every lineup they've ever put out has been, has had some sort of like consolation they've had to make. Like they've had to be like, uh, well, 
we can play Lowry, Van Vliet, and DeRozan, but we're going to be super small. Or, you know, like, we can play Ibaka and Jonas, but we're not going to be super mobile. Like, they have have lineups that can do, they can play lineups that are both good and flexible without a ton of concessions. And their death lineup, like, is just going to be, they actually now, they have a team that would probably beat the Cavs with LeBron. Um, They have it this year. Like, this, this team, like, they that can team, they can yeah. close games, right? They can close games with like Kyle Lowry, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, OG Ananobi, and Pascal Siakam at the five, or Ibaka at the five, or you know what I mean? Like any combination of those guys, I, I, like that is insane. The, I, I said uh, on my podcast yesterday on the NBA with nice Dave plug. Before, um, yeah, I said I feel like I feel like they're a little bit better than the Celtics. Um, because I do think that when you have the best player, you have an advantage. And I think Kawhi, you know, if we're going into the season, assuming he's healthy and hasn't like forgotten how to play basketball, Kawhi is the best player in the East. Um, and they actually have all of this lineup versatility and the Celtics sort of have that, but not in the way that, that Toronto does now. Um, I think that Toronto has built a team that really can potentially challenge the Warriors. And it's it's crazy that just adding two players does that. I, but when you get Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard, that's that's how it is. I mean, it's the best wing defender in the league. My head wants to put the Raptors ahead of the Celtics, but my gut mm-hmm. just has the Celtics ahead still. I think that there are I think we're gonna learn a lot about the ceiling of the Boston Celtics next year. Um, because well, this yeah, is their year. Remember, every other year yeah. has been they, they've been ahead. I of think schedule, this is the year last where year they might just go out and win sixty eight games or something outrageous. I really think that it's a good regular season team with unreal depth, with talent coming back healthy, with young guys, young legs, um, with a strong defensive identity. Everyone fits. Um, they should be amazing, and I think we're slightly underrating them. Because we have a tendency to do that with Kyrie Irving's teams. Yeah, uh, how long is it going to be Kyrie's team well, though? That's fair. I mean, I'm not as I'm not as high on Tatum as everyone else, um, though. I think he's great. Oh, I didn't mean like that. Oh, I Hayward? mean, you know, is Kyrie? Oh, is Kyrie going to be dude, on the team? I want team? Kyrie to go to New York. <laughs> I think he's I, going to New York. Uh, whether whether he's traded there at the deadline or sooner, or. Um, whether he leaves next summer, I think he's going to Could be. Can you imagine how fun MSG would be if Kyrie was like, like dropping 50? Uh, it's exactly, it's, uh, you know what? All right. So Matt Moore, who, um, uh, HP basketball on Twitter, uh, I believe that it was him and hopefully it was him. But uh, like, I actually said this when I forget what was happening, but there was a really fun Knicks game and it was like, at the garden and it was just fun. You know, it's a, it's a knowledgeable basketball crowd. So when, when stuff is happening for some reason, there's just a buzz in that arena. And then there's all the history and stuff. And I mentioned that and, and he kind of poo pooed it. Um, Matt, but then a, a bunch of other people hater. jumped in. <laughs> Love you, Matt. I like Matt. But uh, yeah, but then uh, a bunch of other people kind of jumped in and said the same thing. And he, he was like, well, maybe I'm wrong. Um, I'm with you on that. I think that MSG, when fun stuff is happening, I, I don't know why, but it just feels like it's more fun there. Sort of like Oracle, right? Like before it was only full of rich people. Yeah. When when good stuff was happening, it was, you know, there's a reason why they called yeah, it Yeah, there's Oracle. just certain, like, I in that sense, like, I get why exceptionalism happens with fan bases because it's just cool when certain teams are really, really good. Uh I think it's even if you hate them, I think it's interesting when Notre Dame football is really good or when the Yankees are really good. And I think the Knicks, like as just one of those teams that you just think about when you think about the sport, um, despite determined efforts to (laughs) make it not the case by their own organization. um, I just think like there's nothing more fun. Like Linsanity isn't Linsanity anywhere else. And absolutely. I just think that. Kyrie lighting up MSG in the orange and blue Knicks. I just think it's like such an easy picture. 
Absolutely. And and there's the whole New York point guard tradition. There's like all these fun things that are interwoven into the sport itself, yeah. right? Like not just the NBA. And I just think I think that would be a lot of fun. Um and it'd be more fun if he's on the Knicks than the Nets. Oh, for sure. You know, I, I like I think that that matters a little bit. It and this is like this is where we're getting Let's... into the we're getting into the sentimental well, stuff, sentimental right? Sentimental man. I and already said earlier. I, uh, yeah, in your old age. Now, you're not old enough to remember this, but see, in the 90s, when the Knicks were were decent, um, you know, they weren't great, but they were good. And, and they had these hard-nosed, fun teams to watch, right? Because they were hard-nosed. And, they, like, they never beat the Bulls, except for, you know, that one year um, when uh, when Jordan was playing baseball. Um but they never beat the Bulls. Right? They just couldn't beat them. But those series were still so much fun because the garden was yeah. electric. It's why they'll never be able to get rid of that arena. It's just it's it's an iconic place. And, you know, it's uh it's a shame that that the Lakers don't play in the forum anymore, you know, like stuff like that. Cause I feel like that history of the game stuff that that kind of carries over, I think it's fun. Like it's really fun. Like I, I like that they they still call the TD Garden the Garden. Mm. You know what I mean? I think that that's and it's it's a weird thing to say the the name of it, but like it does matter. It's fun. It's fun. Long yeah. Long the live the Jake. And all that. I, I think up, that, on, up on the north side of the state. Um. Yeah. I don't know, man. It matters. Uh. And yeah. And I think that having someone, that's where like the consolidation of talent in the league right now can kind of hurt. Is that there are franchises that it, just don't have shit, um, right? And the league no, doesn't love it. Not. I mean, you know, they are they're not pumped about Durant being in Golden State. You know, I, I made a I made a plea to uh, a league executive uh, at summer league, and and I I was really pushing hard for expansion um, with teams only being able to protect two players <laughs> because just I blow this like, shit up, you and know, start over. Just yeah, just mix it up a bit. Um, you know that that would be fun, but that's not empowering yeah, players. No, it's not. That is not a very woke opinion, Dave. Uh, well, you know, and I'm all for empowering players, so I, I'm I'm good. But uh, at the we same can all time, harbor like, our own little our our sure. own delusions. Uh, on that end, we should probably wrap. I should let you go. It's late. <laughs> um, since you're bad at yeah, time zones, it is. I I I'm. Terrible okay. at times. Still love you. Uh, uh, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, Dave. Where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dave Dufour NBA, and my podcast, you know, is on the NBA with Dave Dufour. The links all over Twitter, mostly on Twitter. I'll, I'll post everything on Twitter. I probably spend way too much time. On As Twitter. do we all, Dave. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you'd like to support the podcast the old-fashioned way, you can always uh, head over to iTunes, uh, subscribe, rate, review. Uh, really helps us with our listenership. If you'd like to uh, contribute in a more uh, tangible way, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash the chase down uh, and become a patron. We would really appreciate uh, any financial assistance you can give, but of course, always appreciated, never required. We're never going to charge you for this thing because uh, no one would ever pay for it. What are you, stupid? Um, hey, I am a, yes, I am a patron Thank you. Of, the, of the chase down uh, we, and we love you. And we're a pay. And incidentally, we're a patron of uh, on the NBA with Dave DeForest. So um, ultimately, <laughs> no one's helping me either. <laughs> no one's making any money. <laughs> Patreon's just stealing ten percent off we're us. We padding, should both cancel right now. We should. We're padding stats. Totally padding we're stats. Making we making each other look. We more are important. just in garbage time right now. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Uh, once again, a big congratulations to uh, your friend and mine, Justin Rowan, on his uh, wedding. And as always, go Cavs. <laughs>